Welcome to the Common Sense Connections app audio education series. We encourage you to listen carefully to the success and leadership principles discussed in this audio. They have enabled countless independent business owners just like you to build a successful business and have a full and balanced life. Hi, my name is Dorothy Hancock Hedden. I am a wife, a stepmother, a step-grandmother, a sister, a daughter, a retired RN. I was born in rural West Tennessee at home. Yes, at home. I was supposed to be the first child born in the new clinic they were building, but they were slow. I was not in a hurry. As it turned out, my cousin, who is six weeks younger than I am, was the first boy that got to be born there. My dad gave up farming in 1952 and moved us all to Illinois, where he went to work for Caterpillar Tractor Company, and I became a Yankee. I got my education, including my diploma in nursing, which after state boards allowed me to be an RN, and I could work anywhere I wanted to in the United States. Reason to roam. I moved first to Colorado, then to Las Vegas, back to Tennessee, where I started and was born, uh, then back to Illinois, and back to Nevada again. I count the move back to Tennessee as a God thing. I was able to spend some quality time with my dad for a year that I would not have been able to otherwise. He died suddenly of cancer, and I would have had not had time to get home if I hadn't already been there. I also lost my paternal grandmother and my maternal grandfather during this three years I was there. And this is time that I spent with all of them that I wouldn't have gotten to if I had not already been sent back by the Lord. I then moved back to Las Vegas and that's where I met Larry. He came into our singles group at church. I tried to get other girls in the group, you know, he's a nice guy, why don't you date him and you take him. <laughs> But it seems that God had another thing in mind. They didn't take him, and so I figured I may as well. I guess I get the leftovers, huh? (laughs) We got married in 1995. He was my first husband. I was his second wife. He was not actually divorced when we met. Uh, He was refusing to sign his income tax returns because he didn't want her to have the money. So he (laughs) he waited until the very last minute to sign them, and then he was finally free. Stubborn Mm, some. Yes. He asked me one time while we were dating, how long would you have to know someone before you decided that you might marry them. I told him two to three years, and then I had to pick him up off the floor and dust him off. (laughs) Our wedding was in Tennessee. Uh, His family was on the East Coast in the Washington, D.C. area, and of course we were here in Nevada. So uh, we all descended on my mother in Tennessee. Yeah, go on, keep going. My mom, during the time, uh, always came out and spent two to three months with me in the wintertime. 
after we got married, she was kind of standoffish. She was feeling she had the feeling she didn't want to get in our way while we were leading our life, and she was there. Um, I finally told her one day, I said, Larry really feels that you don't like him. Well, she had just sat there and told me what a, uh, how much change for the good she has seen in him from the books and the audios and everything that he had been reading. So I, when I told her that, she loosened up. She and Larry spent hours talking while I was working, and she really got to know him. After she went home, she was telling my brother and sister-in-law about her visit, and it was Larry, Larry, Larry. Larry did this, and Larry did that. So finally, my sister-in-law looked at her and said, well, I think we've heard enough about Saint Larry. <laughs> how, would, how was your visit with your daughter? Larry loves now to tease his brother-in-law, who teases him, and tells him every time they're having a, a teasing episode, uh, now, you've got to be nice to St. Larry. <laughs> when I met Larry, he was already in the Big A. He worked his butt off, and we got nowhere. We were in three more businesses before we found common sense, and I'm so thankful that we have. I was born in the state of Illinois. And uh, boy, these speakers like me real well. Um, anyway, we, were, we lived in the Twin Cities in Illinois. Uh, we lived in Champaign, and I was born in Urbana. And shortly after uh, we were born, my dad decided to leave International Harvester where he was at, and he decided to go back into servicing his country, and he joined the United States Air Force. Uh, we didn't stay in Illinois very long after that, I think five or six years, and then we moved to Newfoundland. And uh, that, was, that was an interesting thing, and, and uh, we were there for about a year and a half before they closed the base down. And so, but before we left, my mom and dad adopted my wonderful sister, Linda. And so, in fact, uh, she was just telling me a couple of days ago, she's going back to Newfoundland. Uh, here pretty soon. So that's going to be an interesting thing to see how that works all out. She's going to, I think she may find her actual paternal mother. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but we moved from there and went to Michigan. And then we were in Wisconsin. And then we moved to the Northern Virginia area. And up till the time that I was in Las Vegas, uh, that's the longest place I ever lived, nine years. And uh, nice place to visit but I wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> I met my first wife and got married, and I entered the Air Force. And my travels continued. My first military assignment was March Air Force Base, California, where I fell in love with the West. We had our first child there. My next assignment was to Utapau, Thailand. Yes, ma'am. And we, we uh, were there. I got there. In, in October, the B-52s had actually left in July. The war was winding down. And so I was very fortunate to not to have to participate in, in, in the actual war effort. But we helped close down the Red Horse Detachment there. And then they sent us to Kunsan Air Base, Korea in the middle of the winter. And so we went from a really nice tropic climate to about like it is here in the winter. It was horrible. <laughs> 
Went from there. You can all t tell all the folks too. It was really funny on the base that had come from 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 Thailand. All of them had about three parkers on, and they were freezing to death. And most of these people were walking around in light jackets. You know, it's just difference in being uh, acclimated to the climate or not. Moved from there though to Clark Air Base, Philippines. Uh, spent three years there. This is where my second child was born. My blonde-haired, blue-eyed Filipino. We like to joke about, and. Uh, <laughs> And that's why I developed my love for motorcycling. We toured the islands, and we were, went all over the place, and we were as far north as you could go in the uh, island of Luzon. And we actually went down as far south as the island of Maspati. So there's a lot of beautiful sites there, including the Benari rice terraces, a number of things like that that, that we got to see. Then I headed back to the good old US of A. I was stationed at a place called San Antonio Air Force Station. We serviced all five bases in the San Antonio area, and uh, it was that's where I developed my love for Tex-Mex food and jalapenos. Uh, you can't live in Texas without experiencing that, and it just ruins you. You can't you can't eat normal food after that. It's it's amazing, and barbecue. I mean, you know, but San Antonio was where I was first exposed to network marketing. And once you've been exposed to the possibility of a dream, you're forever changed. You can't go back. And at this point, I'll share two hard-earned lessons I experienced. Uh, first was always encourage the people that, you're, that you have in your organization. Never tell them what they can't do. I remember we were setting uh, our seminars were four hours away up in Houston back in those days. And uh, so we went up, and uh, me and my ex, they were promoting, a prom they had a promotion going on, like they do quite frequently in the, in the industry. And so my ex-wife and I were sitting talking about how we could probably get that done. Well, my sponsor, <laughs> sponsor's wife looked at us and said, it's not as easy as it looks. And that just took a pop, just took all the hope away. So, yeah, and I mean, they didn't know. They just, you know, they were relatively new and they just didn't know. But the other thing that I think is important is to get information from your support team, your plugged in support team, the people that are actually moving on and doing something. Uh, we, had a, we had a couple that, that was in between us and our plugged in support team, and I didn't know any different. And I was listening to these folks. They, they were the people we were getting our products from and all that. But they weren't really plugged in. And the guy recommended a book to me. And I was anxious to read anything I could do. And I read the book. And it, it really hurt me. It was giving some advice. It was absolutely 100% contrary to what they say in Think and Grow Rich. And it ru almost ruined me. It took me almost five years to overcome that negative. So, you know, be careful who you get your advice from. I mean, it's great to have friends out here and everything, but the people in your support team are the people that not only have a vested interest in you, in other words, if they tell you something wrong, it could hurt their pocketbook, but also it, they want to see you succeed and they want to help you succeed and they know you the best and so they're going to tell you the best that they can give you. Now, how did that happen? Okay. Uh, now, I do know that I'm dealing with a much smarter group of people here. 
and I, I don't believe you, you'll be making the same silly mistakes I made, but it's always worth mentioning. My final, my final duty station was in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I completed my military career and decided to do what I've always wanted to do, and that was to become a locksmith. I think it's interesting, though. I went from the Air Force, which was 24-7, and I moved into another industry that was 24-7. Not one of my wisest choices. <laughs> Shortly after my retirement from the military, my ex-wife asked me for a divorce. I continued on. I've discovered life is not what happens to you, but how you respond to it. So I immersed myself in my work, my self-development, and my church. I re-entered network marketing because she had, at one point down the road, given me a choice of either network marketing or her, so I got out of network marketing. And so after, anyway. So <clears throat> now I was in Randy Haugen's organization. That was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. Also, in my church was this great singles group. There was about 30 or 40 women in that thing, and that looked kind of interesting. But you know what was really interesting? Out of that 40 or 50 women, this is the only one that wouldn't take me and my buddy's guff. And so I met my gorgeous redhead, and so then I went on the quest of trying to convince her that I was the one she wanted to marry. <laughs> I will say this, though. Before I even really started dating her seriously, I took her to an open meeting. I wanted a woman that was willing to support me in my dreams. Share two more quick stories with you. When we went to Tennessee to get married, <clears throat> the first stop we went to was the Marriage License Bureau, and we were in there filling out the marriage license. And, Dorothy was giving her all the information and so on and so forth. And, and the girl asked for her birthday, and she told her her birthday. And, of course, you know me. I'm the cut-up, you know. I said, really? You didn't tell me that. <laughs> and this poor woman that's taking this information, she just froze. Like, oh, no, what happens now, you know? And Dorothy just looked at me. Oh, shut up. And so anyway, so I get to this house. Uh, we went to her uncle's house, and every year he has a big stew. And so that's where we're getting married at. And so I get there, and I knock on the door, and they open the door, and this woman's got a shotgun, man. She said, what are your intentions, sir? <laughs> now, I was wondering if I was in the right place or not. But what I finally discovered was they're, they're just a bunch of great folks with a great sense of humor. And so I knew I was right at home, you know. <laughs> Our network marketing career continued, and through a disappointing process, we went through three other businesses. We were done. And then we looked at retiring in 2018. Well, I hope you guys did better than I did, because we were looking at taking a two-thirds cut in pay, and that wasn't good. And fortunately, Joe and Richard had come along, and Common Sense, and Randy, John Sims, Tyler, and Gary give their approval, so I was on board. But I knew this had to be better than, hi, welcome to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> However, my sweetheart had been hurt. And when I jumped in, she came to me and she said, you know, I don't know if I can do another business. And so I said, okay. I said, I understand. I said, I ask two favors of you. 
just continue to love me and support me as you always have. And if I know, need to go talk to another woman, would you please come with me so I can maintain her reputation and mine? And her being the great woman she is, she agreed. I mean, folks, I have no doubt I'm married up. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Anyway, shortly after that, I got in and we started moving forward. We went bronze. And then we were up in Idaho uh, talking to a home builder that's going to build our home for us in Zion National Park, near, near Zion National Park. And we got to spend three hours with Joe Melling. I don't know if Joe remembers this or not. But because of that meeting and the limited success that I had achieved at that point, that put her in. Uh, she just was totally amazed. And besides that, you'll love the global bonuses. <laughs> However, for those of you who think that everything just went perfectly smoothly and it was click, 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 and everything just went fine, oh, well, there were some struggles along the way. <laughs> we went through over 60 no's before we actually started moving forward. I'm just thankful I had a persistent attitude I can definitely tell you from experience, it's definitely worth it. And anything you have to do or go through to get it done, it's worth it. I guess the important things that our network marketing experience brought us, first, hope in the future. Secondly, our great educational system of books, audios, and great mentorship. Lastly, and I believe probably most importantly, is you don't know what you don't know. So when I say common sense is absolutely the best opportunity on planet Earth, I mean it, and it's because of experience. I think a good point to finish with is mentorship is not always comfortable. Have you ever been sitting on a church on Sunday and the pastor goes from teaching to meddling? Or how about, you know, just many times when, when Gary and other folks, Tyler and, and different people have given me advice and it just irritated the daylights out of me, or maybe I can use Tyler's term, it just pissed me off. <laughs> what I discovered was that is what I needed to hear the most. Didn't like it, but I needed to hear it. And by doing that, that helped me to move forward and grow in the areas I needed to grow in, to become who I needed to become, to receive what I'm receiving. One of the toughest things I've learned as a leader, when you see people in your organization or anywhere else, and you see the potential in them, and they just don't believe in themselves, so when your support team encourages you and tells you you can do it, you can do it. They're basing what they're telling you on experience. And so it's important that you realize that, okay, I just lost my notes. Okay. Um, we need to go farther, are we? Oh, okay. Thank you, gorgeous. And so you just need to believe in yourselves. And, and yeah, they're going based on experience. Okay, and the most difficult thing is for us to believe in ourselves 
In fact, Eddie Freeman even has an audio talking about whoever believes more. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I never heard it. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I've, learned, I've learned many things in this business. One of the biggest is it takes courage to step out of your comfort zone, but it is worth it. Because of this business, I was able to retire one and a half years ago. We were also able to buy the land up by Zion uh, in the canyon, not up on the rim. Second thing is not all people are alike. We usually marry our opposites. I encourage you to read the, pers the book Positive Personality Profile Profiled by Dr. Robert Rohn. I have found that I may not like another person at first, but I under, if I understand where they're coming from and how they're thinking, it, it's easier to go from non-acceptance to loving them for who they are. Number three, you can't change another person unless they see the value of the change and are willing, and that's with the W of capital W, to be advised and to change. It, you cannot coerce, no, you can, oh, you can advise, but not coerce. You can encourage, but not command. You can demonstrate, but not force, and always love them anyway. Number four, functions are fun when you go and reach out and listen and learn what is it's there for you. Our leaders are great at loving us and wanting us to succeed. The meeting after the meeting is almost as much fun, and we learn a lot from that. We get to mix with each other and know each other. You can pick out the four personalities just by watching and listening, and that's easier for some personalities than it is for others. Uh, five, Doc, uh, Joe and Richard are always coming up with surprises. Jamaica, more money in the play plan, and new products. Don't you love the new skincare? Number six, the most important thing we can do in this business is to work on ourselves, and the rest will come. Reach out to your support team, listen to them, listen to audios, read books, love on your group. I'm endeavoring to be the best me I can be. And one of the very important things, and where the money is, use your products. You can't talk about them if you don't know about them. So as you can see, all of us are in a journey. Go to Diamond and beyond. But the good news is you can do it. And if Dorothy and I can, if Dorothy and I can do it, you can do it. I hope you have some struggles. They help you to develop mental toughness and character. Who knows, maybe even you can accomplish sainthood in your family. <laughs> we'll look forward to seeing you on the beaches of Jamaica. This audio series was created to help you with personal development, professional development, and gaining the skills to build a sustainable business. While certainly no one can guarantee success, it is our hope that the principles and ideas discussed here will enable you to experience the thrill of accomplishment and offer your life greater significance and enjoyment.
This is a copyrighted program. The purchase of the program is optional, and any unauthorized reproduction or broadcast of this digital media without express written consent is strictly prohibited. All rights are reserved.